Welcome to Heart Protected Podcast, where we'll be having heart-to-heart conversations about your heart health with doctors, patients, caretakers, and other experts. I'm your host, Shalan Wong, and today I'm joined by Dr. Iskandar Mirza, a cardiology clinical fellow from the National Heart Institute, to talk about coronary artery disease. So are we at risk? Hi, Shalane. Hi, doctor. So let's start off with the first question. What is coronary artery disease? If you want to explain it in simpler terms, someone that is not a doctor or anyone in the medical field. Okay, coronary artery disease, uh, the most common heart disease in Malaysia and men is affected more than female. So what it uh, it also known as uh, coronary uh, artery disease or uh, ischemic heart disease. That's what is ischemic actually? Ischemic means that actually the blood flow to the heart is uh, is reduced. So making it the perfusion of the heart muscle become reduced. Mm. So that's why ischemia means that less blood flow, oxygenation to the heart muscle. This is what the ischemic means. So uh, as I just said just now, actually why actually people have coronary artery disease is because of the narrowing of the blood vessel that supply the heart muscle so because of that the oxygenation rich blood unable to pass through the heart muscle so that's why we call this coronary artery disease i see so you're saying that the blood actually gives nutrients to the heart and then when it doesn't reach the heart then your heart basically fails lah. yeah that's correct i see so what actually causes this coronary artery disease in our body? Like, how does it work, the physiology? Okay, actually, why the patient have coronary artery disease is because uh, because of the narrowing. So, why the narrowing happens is when there's an injury towards the inner blood vessel of the artery. So, this cholesterol will try to patch it up. Mm. Okay. So, persistent uh, injury towards the same site can cause more and more cholesterol build up at the uh, inner artery and causing uh, stenosis or narrowing of the blood vessel okay then when there's a narrowing of the blood vessel the flow becomes slower so when the, uh, the flow becomes slower the blood cells the other blood cells the right blood cell platelet try to actually clump together making it more narrower so when it becomes uh, clump or what we call this uh, clot clot there it becomes unstable so it can rupture. When it ruptures, actually it will float inside the blood, instead of inside the blood, and go through the whole anywhere that the blood vessel brings the clot. So if it goes to the brain, it will obstruct the smallest uh, blood vessel at the brain and causing stroke. If it goes to the heart, it can cause heart attack. This is how heart attack happens. It's because of the blood clot, but the narrowing is mostly because of the cholesterol buildup, plug buildup at the artery wall. So, doctor, you're saying that actually cholesterol is good in the start. It was helping us to build up the walls of the artery. Yes. But then later on, when there's more injury to the artery, what kind of injury? Actually, the injury is because you know, sometimes uh, most of uh, the injury happen because the blood vessel is too stiff. Mm. It's supposed to be elastic. Okay, your blood vessel. That's why when you hold your your pulse, mm-hmm. you can feel the pulse because you feel the pulse become bigger and smaller because uh, based on the blood flow towards your peripheral. So uh, it's supposed to be uh, elastic, but some people who are smokers uh, or high blood pressures, the, actually the vessel become more stiff. So when it's stiff, it's easily injured. 
because of the pressure from the uh, from the heart pumping itself. I see. Uh, that's why actually yes. Uh, at first, it's good that the cholesterol can actually patch up the the injury, but over time, it will make make uh, make the narrowing much more uh, uh, smaller and smaller, and further cause a heart attack. So you're saying like our arteries are the pipe and then when it's clogged up then it will cause a lot of disruption so for example to the brain it is stroke yes to the heart it's heart attack yes, so correct. that is how heart attack happens right yeah that's right so what actually are the signs and symptoms of coronary artery disease if i want to know wait on a self diagnose in a yeah. sense before that how do i know Okay, the most common symptoms, uh, the most common, about 90% of patients actually came with a chest pain. Uh, this is the most common part. It's a left-sided chest pain. And some, left side only? Uh, left right side. side? Usually left side. This okay. is the most common one. Uh, okay. And it radiates to the arm, left arm and also jaw area. This is the most common. Some people, they come with chest tightness. Uh, how do you feel chest tightness? Uh, it's like somebody sitting on your chest. Uh, this is how the heart attack happens. And then some people with a very very uh, bad diabetic control, where the nerve is really uh, actually destroyed by the sugar itself, we call it uh, neuropathy. 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 This kind of patient don't have any chest pain. What they came usually they came with uh, actually shortness of breath, chest tightness, and sometimes palpitation, sweating. It's very uh, atypical symptoms. That's why we need to really uh, be careful when diagnosing heart attack in patient with a very poor control diabetes. So you're saying people with diabetes actually have higher risk and also they wouldn't detect it as easily because uh, for example if they went to the doctor thinking they have uh, just a normal like chest pain and they don't even have pain they just have shortness of breath yes then they would say that and then later on you diagnose them to have a heart attack that is a bit of a surprise to them right yes there's a problem with diabetes you mm. don't have any much symptoms even though when you have poorly controlled diabetes the only symptom that you have is sometimes you have to wake up at night because you pee a lot mm. uh, we call it polyuria then some people actually feel uh, very extreme hunger, excessive hunger. So most of the symptoms of diabetes, you know, sometimes people think it's normal, normal symptoms. Eh? So that's why I'm just don't hungry. Know. Yeah, you know? I'm just hungry, and then something. Then you lose weight a lot uh, because actually you have a lot of sugar inside your blood, uh -huh. but you never cannot utilize it because the sugar inside the blood cannot go through the cell. Mm. Uh, that's a problem with people with diabetes. So that's why uh, in long run they can have a lot of complications. The nerve can be destroyed. The heart can be destroyed, the kidney can be destroyed by diabetes itself. So you said that diabetes is a big risk factor for coronary artery disease? Yes, one of the big risk factors. So what other risk factors? Others is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is uh, uh, smoking and high blood pressure. Then some people actually uh, have this inherited problem, uh, medical problem. We call it familial hypercholesterolemia. Ah. So this kind of uh, situation where the people, where the, the the offspring actually inherited the genetic, where the liver can produce a lot of cholesterol. So how to know? Actually, most of these uh, patient actually have this family who actually have heart attack or stroke below 40 years old. So it's very young to have heart attack and, uh, and also this uh, stroke. So usually we investigate further. Mm. Uh, usually this is what we do. That is very interesting because actually my mom, she has high uh, cholesterol and she did angioplasty before. So, but, but she's a very thin, thin person and she's not obese or all of that. So 
uh, when you say that, right, I'm like, oh, I think I need to sort of check it out or uh, do some diagnosis lah to see actually what are my risks. So, so doctor, actually, for you to diagnose coronary artery disease, how do you do it? What are the tests? Okay, there's a few simple tests that you can do. When you have the symptom that I mentioned before, which is chest tightness or chest pain, what you can do is come to any near, nearby uh, health clinic or hospitals. What we're going to do is first we do an electrocardiogram or we call it ECG. So this ECG, what it does actually, it tells you uh, the electrical ability at your heart. So if you have any ischemia or reduced profusion of the heart, mm-hmm. actually we can see from the electrical activity from the ECG. It's quite simple, actually the test, it is not painful and very cheap which is they put a pulis at the anterior chest and also at your hands and, and your leg. So it's only like five minute testing. Uh, from there we can actually find uh, uh, to uh, detect whether the patient have any heart coronary disease or not from there. Is it the one, the paper that you see a lot of waves like that up and down? Yes, yes, that's correct. Ah, yeah. I've seen it before but I didn't know it was called electrocardiogram. Yeah, it's Okay, a, is there anything else? Okay, some people, uh, they have the symptoms when they exert themselves, they went for sports, eh? they suddenly have chest pain. Uh-huh. But when they do ECG, it's normal. So in this kind of patient, what we do is, uh, what we do, we do a stress test. This stress test is quite good because why? When we do ECG, when the patient is at rest, uh, because they only have partial block of the blood vessel. So the perfusion is still good when they are at rest. Oxygen still can supply very good to the heart muscle when you are rest, resting. So, but if we stress the heart more, so the demand for oxygen is higher. So by right, when you even when your heart is at stress, the oxygen is supposed to be uh, perfect, eh? not supposed to be interrupted. So from here, we ask them to stress their heart. There's two ways. Either you do uh, you, you do the uh, treadmill or the stationary bike until your heart target heart is achieved. And then one for those who have this uh, knee pain who cannot exercise, we give medication to induce the heart rate to become higher. So when we the target heart is achieved, we can see the electrical rhythm. If abnormal, then the risk for coronary uh, disease is higher. So you're saying the more basic one is ECG, mm. then later on we move on to the stress test. Yes. And then later on, is there anything else? Later on, for those who have uh, any problem, uh, contraindication to do the stress test, some people just have this uh, not well controlled asthma, poorly controlled asthma. Mm. So if we give medication, then the asthma will trigger uh, triggers the asthma exacerbation. So we don't want that to happen. So in this kind of patient, we can do other tests. We can call it nuclear perfusion scan or another one is MSCT, multi-slice CT cardiac. So this CT scan is very good, but it's a bit expensive, more than 1,000 per test. But we can really see all the blood vessels of the heart. They are going to put a dye inside your vein. So the dye will go through your heart. So we can take the image from there and see all the, the vessel of the heart. Uh, and then we see how bad is the stenosis, is narrowing of the blood vessel and how big is the calcium burden at the, at the vessel. So actually, it also can give you a good idea is the patient having a coronary disease or not. So basically, you're saying that the CT scan is like you can see all your Vessel. Uh, no, your yeah. vessels, your arteries, see if it's blocked or not. Yes, that's right. So the most basic one is ECG, then we move on to stress test, then later on to CT scan. Yes. Right. Uh, you be- can become a cardiologist now. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can change my profession already. <laughs> yeah. But okay, doctor, so yeah. 
Now, um, for example, there is a a lady. She found out that she has coronary artery disease already. So, what are your advice? We don't want to make them feel like, oh no, they're doomed for life. You know, what are your advice for them to reduce this risk of heart attack? Okay. First, uh, if it's a really significant coronary disease, uh, we will advise the patient to do a coronary angiogram angioplasty. Coronary angiogram angioplasty is a procedure where we put a catheter, it's a plastic-based catheter, from the wrist or the groin. But we mainly we use wrist now because less complication. So the catheter will go through from your wrist to your heart, and we put a dye to see the vessel, uh, where which part of vessel is narrowed uh, and how how severe it is affected. From there, we can open it either using a balloon or using a stand. Okay. Now the problem, the challenge is after the the procedure itself because the patient really need to take this uh, antiplatelet. This anticoagulant. Uh, some people also abnormal heart rhythm also need to take anticoagulant. Aspirin. Yeah, aspirin and also there's another. Uh, uh, cannot say right. Uh, it's a dual antiplatelet therapy lah. Uh, cannot promote any drugs, right? So. <laughs> So there's a we need two types of uh, this uh, antiplatelet uh, at least one year from the from the from the uh, the test itself, and then they need to be on this cholesterol medication. We call it statins, lifelong. Even though the cholesterol is normalized, they still need to take it lifelong because why? There's two function of this cholesterol medication. One is to lower the cholesterol level. Another one is to stable the plug. The the plug that has happened, it can stabilize it from rupture. So that's why they need to take take it lifelong, and for those who have other comorbidities such as diabetes, high blood pressure, they need to take the medication. There's no choice. And the most important part, actually, one of the most important part is to 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 have weight loss program for those who is uh, obese, obesity. And now we have a lot of uh, methods uh, to to lose weight for those who cannot exercise. We have other methods. There's uh, no no what we call is uh, no excuse to lose weight now. Because the technology now evolved very fast, and then uh, last one is uh, for those who have this familial. When we diagnose, they have familial hypercholesteremia. We will actually screen the whole family members to see whether the others have a result. Because this kind of uh, patient, they need to take uh, medication as fast as possible. Because it, the heart attack won't happen now. It will happen after one year, ten years, or twenty years. But we want to retard the progression. Hopefully, by age of 60, still don't have any heart attack or stroke. So your basic approach is really primary preventive care, right? Yes. Before it really develops, we want to cut it out from the root and make sure that it doesn't develop in the future. Yes. Okay. So thank you, Dr. Iskandar, for your time today and telling us all about coronary artery disease and are we at risk? So if you found out that this episode is helpful, be sure to share it, rate it, and spread the word around it. We will have new episodes every two weeks, so don't forget to subscribe to Heart Protected Podcast. The Heart Protected Podcast is brought to you by AstraZeneca Malaysia. As always, if you have any concerns, please consult your doctor. So you can find out more at our website at heartprotected.com. Once again, I'm Shalen. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you, Shalen. Thank you.